thank you for tuning in to The Way Podcast, a work of Scattered Abroad, which is overseen by the East Hill Church of Christ in Pulaski, Tennessee. You can find our website at scatteredabroad.org. In this podcast, we seek to showcase the way that God wants us to live by looking at what is written in His Word. The Bible says God has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. This is That Way. Here is your host, Houston Welch. Welcome back to The Way Podcast. Uh, I'm here again with my good brother, Joshua Houston. And today we're going to be discussing uh, fasting. Uh, to begin with, what what is a biblical fast? That's a great question because usually when people think about fasting, they think about, well, I can just give something up that I really like and that'll be it. You know, I hear people all the time saying, well, I'm fasting from social media. I'm fasting from TV. Those are good things to do and maybe you need to do that. But that is not a biblical fast. A biblical fast is abstaining from food for a certain period of time with the purpose of devotion to God. And all of those things are very important. So, you know, you might want to give up Facebook, but try to go without breakfast one day. And every time your belly growls, pray, you know, or every time uh, you get a headache, think about your, your spouse or your children or something like that. Whatever you can do to focus on God by means of that reminder of hunger. That's what a biblical fast is. Yeah, it's giving up something that you absolutely need. Right. And yeah, yeah, you don't you don't need Facebook. You don't need TV, mm-hmm. but you need food. You absolutely. Go along, you go long enough without food and you're going to you're going to you're going to meet the Lord. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. So now that we've established what a biblical fast is and it's very, very simple to understand. Uh, Jesus, he gives us an example, first of all, of fasting. We have many examples of fasting throughout the Old and New Testaments. Um, but let's discuss Jesus' example a little bit. Uh, of course, we have in Matthew chapter 4, before he, he, uh, he was, uh, uh, before the devil presented himself and he, right. was, and he was tempted, uh, how, how closely should we follow the example that, that, that's given to us? Right. So that's that's a huge issue for Christians today because uh, we want to follow the example of Jesus. You know, you remember back in the 90s when people would wear the WWJD bracelets? Mm -hmm. What would Jesus do? Um, Well, what would Jesus do? Well, apparently Jesus would leave everything, be homeless and preach and teach for three years and then die. Uh, I like my home. My wife and I just bought a house. I don't think we're about to sell our house and be homeless uh, as street preachers. Now, that's not to be anything against street preaching or whatever, but uh, you know the, the pattern of how closely you follow the example. Well, when Jesus is fasting, by the way, I don't think Jesus only fasts in Matthew 4 or Luke 4, mm-hmm. because Yom Kippur, is the, the Day of Atonement, is a fasting day, and that is celebrated yes. every year. Yes. Jesus is a good Jew. He's a perfect Jew. And so I think he fasts uh, for those uh, ritualistic and mm-hmm. celebratory holidays and uh, things like that, the Day of Atonement. Um, I I think Jesus shows us there, because fasting is never commanded in the New Testament, but I think Jesus shows us there that it is incredibly beneficial for dealing with temptation. So when the devil comes to him, the devil has one goal and one goal only, and that's to tempt Jesus. And Jesus is able in his weakest humanly physical state that he'll ever be in outside of his crucifixion to thwart every single one of those. Because rather than feeding him himself or his body, he's been feeding on the word of God, which is what he tells the devil. You know, you you can't live by bread alone, but on every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Yeah. Uh, 
I, I wrote something down here um, in regards to that, in regards to to Jesus fast and and an example for it, and but right before being tempted, and you think about sleep in in regards to fasting, you can it, it's similar. You can give up sleep for a time as long as you know that I'm eventually going to be able to sleep. Like I, I don't mind going without a night's sleep, knowing that tomorrow. I'm going to be able to lay down in bed and get a full eight hours, 10 hours, maybe even 12 if, if, I, if I need it, knowing that I'm going to be able to. And I can do the same thing with food. I can go without it for a little bit of time. I can go without a meal. I can go without two meals. I can go without eating for a day, knowing, well, tomorrow I'm really going to indulge. In fact, a lot of people do that when they know that they're about to go out to a nice restaurant sure. or something. They might, well, I'm, I'm going to skip lunch knowing that I'm going to make up for mm -hmm. it tonight. But Jesus going 40 days without food, uh, and, and then he's presented with food, something that's going to satisfy that hunger, but rather than focusing on satisfying his tummy, he focuses on satisfying God. Mm -hmm. And that, that, I think that alone is enough example for us. Don't worry about our physical needs, rather focus on our spiritual needs. You know, the last time I was with you, we talked about prayer. And in the model prayer of Matthew 6 that we looked at, there's only one line in there that prays for physical things. Give us this day mm -hmm. our daily bread. It only focuses on today. Yeah. You know, because I think if there's one word to sum up what Jesus wants for all of us and how we live our Christian lives, I think it's to live uh, modestly, uh, to, to not overindulge in things. Um, I'm not saying that one slice of chocolate cake will kill you. But eating a whole chocolate cake might, you know, uh, and the same is true with other things. So uh, when Jesus fasts, again, Matthew, when you read Matthew, he's painting Jesus as the new Moses, uh, the one who comes at that Moses said would come after me, the, the greater Moses. Moses goes up on the mountain. He stays there for 40 days. And uh, the rabbinical teaching of Jesus day was that he fasted for those 40 days while he was on the mountain. Uh, and Jesus is presented as fasting in the wilderness, which Moses was in the wilderness fasting for 40 days, preparing for uh, this new exodus that Matthew is going to paint uh, that is reflecting on Moses. Mm -hmm. um, the, the beauty in that is we all today are part of that new exodus in the church. Mm -hmm. We're part of that salvation. So we're partaking in that with him. Okay, so now is, is fasting a commandment? under the New Testament, under the new law? We know that it was uh, under the old law. There, mm -hmm. there was... Uh, you could you could fast when you were mourning. Most people did fast mm -hmm. when they were mourning, but then there was also a particular time throughout the year that you were to fast. Mm -hmm. Under the new law, are we to fast? So, okay, this is a controversial topic, and let me say this, that there are good brothers and sisters on both ends of the spectrum. When I began my research into fasting, I approached it saying, no, Christians do not have to fast. It's never commanded, and it is never commanded. And by the way, it... Not to correct you, because you are right that they did fast uh, all throughout the Bible, but it is never commanded in the Old Testament. Okay. Even with Yom Kippur, okay. um, it, it, it says that you are to afflict yourselves. And so their interpretation of that was to fast, because when you fast, you get hungry, and being hungry okay. is terrible. So, but, but it's not explicitly commanded, and that's, that's my point. So, no, there's not a thou shalt fast in the New Testament or in the Old Testament, for that matter. But when Jesus speaks in Matthew 6. He's speaking, by the way, to a Jewish audience, but he's also speaking to his followers. He says, when you fast, not if, when, as if that's already happening. 
in the first century church, you have Paul fasting in Acts 13 before he and Silas are separated on their missionary journey. You have Paul again fasting in Acts 14 when they establish elders. Now, we would argue in the churches of Christ, oh, you need to have elders. Congregations need to have elders. Elders are the, the church government. And we would argue that from Scripture. And we would go to Acts 14.23. You know what else Acts 14.23 says? When they appointed elders, they did it with prayer and fasting. But when was the last time a church fasted in appointing elders? Probably never. Yeah. So I think the example is there. My personal opinion on the matter is every single Christian should practice fasting in some capacity. Um, I don't think a lot of Christians in modern day Western Christianity do that um, for whatever reason. But I think they should. Yeah. Well, def- definitely from the text, when he says, when you do fast, I do believe that that is a very good argument for for the case. Mm-hmm. And that Christians are going, it, it's a given that they are going to fast. Now, one way I viewed it is that when, when you do mourn, uh, like let's say, and you find this a lot with, with um, uh, individuals who lose their spouses. They've sure. been married for 50 years, they lose their spouse. And you've got people who bring they bring food over and 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 whatnot, and that and that's a good thing. Absolutely. You're you're provide you're being benevolent. You're helping out your uh, brother or sister. They don't eat it. Right. Uh, they're 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 under a time of mourning. It's not it's not like they're undergoing a uh, voluntary fast. They just don't feel like eating. It's similar to David's situation. Now David may have done that voluntarily, but I also believe that. He was just simply mourning. He didn't want to eat because his child was his child's life was about to be dead. Yeah. He didn't know whether or not his child was going to live. In the same way with Job, uh, Job for he he didn't eat for that period of right. time because he was he was completely mourning. Well, Jesus says the same thing when John when the disciples of John the Baptist come to mm-hmm. Jesus, and they ask him, "Why don't your disciples fast?" Well, that tells us right there that Jesus' disciples, in some capacity, did not fast in the same way everybody else did. I think that refers to the Monday and Thursday fast that most Jews did because they believed that was the day Moses went up on the mountain and the day he came down, uh, and they would fast on those days. And Jesus' disciples don't. Um, Jesus says, why would they fast when the bridegroom is still with them? So there's coming a time, Jesus says, when they will fast because the bridegroom will be gone. Well, the bridegroom is gone and he's been gone for 2000 plus years. And so now is the time for fasting. And I think it goes back to mourning. I think it goes back to anticipation, all of things that you've said. So, so some, some Christians might, if they, if they were on the, the side of the spectrum where they believe that it, that it is something commanded, that, that it's an absolute, that every Christian must do it, um, what what would you say to those who view it as a as a checklist? As something, well, all right, I've done this and I can mark it, you know, check the box and, and move on. What would you say about that? You have an ideology of works-based salvation and that is not biblically accurate. That's what I would say to them. Um, we are not saved by works, Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 through 10. We are saved by grace through faith, uh, which we receive in baptism. But then verse 10 says we are created in Christ Jesus for good works. So. Uh, Dr. Kirk Brothers told me this years ago, and I will always remember it. He said, work works because works don't work. <laughs> so why, why do you do the things you do as a Christian? You do the things you do as a Christian because there's nothing you can do outside of Christ to gain your salvation. And, so it, and that's, that's not just with fasting. That's with anything. 
with fat, with fasting, prayer, giving, uh, you know, singing, coming to church, whatever. If you view it as a checklist item, you're missing the point because you're, you're thinking that something you do is going to validate you in the eyes of God. Only the blood of Jesus can validate you in the eyes of God. Um, it, but we do those things because of the blood of Jesus, um, not not to save ourselves, but because Jesus came and saved us as we're obedient to that uh, with our dying, being buried and being resurrected with him through baptism. Yeah, it's, it's like it's like the, the verse Jesus said, uh, whenever you've whenever you've done everything uh, and you what you should say at that point is I've only done that which was commanded of me. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're 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 only doing what God has already set in place for you to do. Mm-hmm. Um, we are saved by uh, grace through faith, that not of yourselves, but it is the gift of God. You know, created in Him. Uh, Ephesians chapter two. Go with me to Ephesians chapter two before I butcher the text. Ephesians chapter two is a good place to go in regards to that while we're discussing this. Um, and it and it deals. It's it's often a a uh, twisted uh, text in that individuals mm-hmm. uh, choose to twist it. Um, Ephesians chapter two, uh, verse uh, verse ten is where we left off. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God has before ordained that we should walk in them. So yes, while we are saved by grace through faith, and that faith being an obedient faith, trusting the word of God, trusting what He said, and mm-hmm. doing it. Uh, we are his workmanship. We're created by him, in him, uh, to do good works, which he's already set up for us. Absolutely. Which before ordained. Um, now, as we've mentioned, and, and you've uh, mentioned as well, the constant theme throughout Matthew chapter 6 is to be seen of men. Mm-hmm. And this is the reason why Jesus is, is speaking of these three topics, uh, giving, prayer, and, and fasting, because... Uh, Jews during the first century, they were doing them to get the praise of others. So let's talk about that in regards to fasting. Yeah, so in the first century, uh, there was a big problem with these uh, pharisaical teachers and with uh, these quote-unquote good Jews doing all these things to be seen by the public. They're they're doing them, as uh, Matthew 6 says, in the marketplace, in the streets, and in the synagogues. Those are the, pu- the three public places for a Jewish person at that time. What, what the Jews of the first century would do, and we have extra biblical record of this, when they fasted, they would literally put on makeup, and they would make their faces look more sunken in than it actually was. So they may have only fasted for a day or skipped a meal, but they're altering their, their, themselves to look as if they fasted for a week or for two weeks. And so not only in that are you uh, trying to make yourself be seen of, of men, as Jesus is referring to here, but you're also lying to people about your holiness, yeah. which is horrible. And that's what a lot of people do today. We lie to people about our holiness. We put on this false face, which is yes. exactly what the word hypocrite means. So in Matthew 6, Jesus references, don't be like the hypocrites. Um, the word hypocrite literally means a false face. Mm-hmm. So. Um, and it's so funny. You see this in the original language when when you're reading Matthew six. Don't be like the ones who have a false face when they fast and they put on a false face. You know, when Jesus talks about that gloomy face, verse sixteen, that comes from fasting, uh, he's referring to that. 
And uh, it, it's just absolutely incredible the extent that people went to in that day and the extent people go to in today's time to uh, get the attention, the the godly attention that they so crave. Yeah, it, it's that it's that woe is me attitude. Yeah. It, it, you 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 have too much self-pity on yourself. Um, and while we're talking about this, I don't I don't mean this to to criticize anybody because people go through great, great times of grief. Absolutely. Like when, when you when you lose a spouse or when whenever you uh, like like with your family, I mean, a lot of hap- a lot happened to your brother this this past year, 2020. Right. And um, which they they picked their feet up and, and moved on. Mm-hmm. You know, that, you know, it's very honorable to, to have seen what they've what they've done. Um, but but people, it, it's understandable to mourn. Mm-hmm. And it's understandable to grieve, but don't don't wallow in in self pity and don't make it about yourself. I I'll, I like the statement when when people are are asked, well, uh, why me, Lord? Why is all this happening to me? And then one one older lady said, well, you should be asking why not me. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, when when all these things, when you have all of this good stuff that's going on. And you have all of these great blessings that we have. If you're listening in the United States, we're one of the 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 greatest nations on the United across the across the world. Um, and you you may have your own beliefs about that, but we live prosperously. Sure, um, we definitely live a blessed life, and so we we shouldn't be so uh, down in the dumps all the time. But rather, we have a lot to be thankful for. Mm-hmm. Uh, now. Let's let's notice a few examples throughout. Do you have a few examples that you could reference throughout the Old and New Testaments sure. of individuals fasting? Well, we've already referenced one, and that's Jesus. Mm-hmm. Uh, we referenced Paul twice in uh, Acts 13 before he and Silas break off to be called to their missionary journey. Uh, in Acts 14, you have them fasting before the establishment of elders. In the Old Testament, you have uh, fasting with Esther. Uh, mm-hmm. One of my favorite uh, examples of fasting, because uh, a lot of people say that when you fast, you should also pray. I don't think that's true in every aspect, because in the example of Esther and in the example of Jehoshaphat and the army uh, before they they go into battle, they both call for fast, but nowhere in the text does it say that they pray. Now, maybe they did. But the text doesn't tell me. So I'm going to let the text speak where the text speaks, and I'm going to leave that where, where it lies. Uh, you have it, So there's Esther, there's Jehoshaphat. Um, most every major biblical character undergoes a period of fasting for some reason or another. You mentioned Job, um, and even not necessarily with the total abstinence of food, but Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego all undergo what has historically been called a partial fast. In Daniel chapter one, where they're not eating the king's meats and uh, choice foods, but they're only eating vegetables and uh, drinking water uh, rather than wine. So uh, people making an objective decision to go without food for a period of time is just found all throughout the Bible. Yeah, it, it it certainly is a common theme and that we don't we don't see a lot of it today. And perhaps that's a good thing that we don't see a lot of it. Maybe there are a lot of Christians who still do fast. But we don't know it. And and maybe they're practicing it properly. Yes. I would like to think that. I know for myself, I've never done it. Mm-hmm. I, I do need to. I believe that it'd be something that um, 
I believe it would be healthy, not only from a uh, not only from a spiritual perspective, but even a physical sp- perspective. You yes. might think, well, you're going without food for a period of time that that doesn't sound healthy, but it could be like a, a detoxing style, mm-hmm. and of course, hopefully, um, create a, a deepen my relationship with the Lord. Um, now, I, you you referenced Esther and Jehoshaphat, and that they that they that their fasting wasn't coupled with prayer. Right. And in, in the closing couple of minutes that we have, I want to discuss uh, prayer coupled with fasting mm-hmm. because I believe the only time that you've ever heard me preach was when you were visiting over here at Friendship, and I just so happened to be preaching on uh, when Jesus his disciples were struggling casting out a a demon. And they questioned him afterwards after he cast it out. Well, why couldn't we do that? And he mm-hmm. said, well, it, it, first of all, your faith. And then second of all, these can only be cast out with, with, by prayer and fasting. And, uh, and then that's, of course, whenever you told me about, um, about your study on fasting. So I want us to, 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 to look at that a little bit and, and maybe give, give me your thoughts on prayer coupled or fasting coupled with prayer, vice versa. Mm-hmm. So with, uh, with that... Fasting has to have a purpose. Uh, you can skip breakfast just because you're busy or you forgot to, to eat mm-hmm. or you have other things to do. Uh, that's not a biblical fast. If it doesn't have something to do with your relationship with the Lord, it's not a biblical fast. You know, maybe, but, but maybe you want to, uh, you want to give more. Uh, you want to serve people more. So I'm going to skip my lunch to go serve somebody. You know, it's it's something about removing one thing from your life to fill it with something else. That's the whole purpose of fasting. Well, if you couple that with prayer, then prayer would obviously be the thing that you fill it with. Um, there's a, a great scholar in the field of the spiritual disciplines of which fasting is one. And uh, his name is Donald Whitney. He's not a member of our brotherhood, unfortunately, but he's written a lot of good things about the practice of fasting. And he says that every time your stomach growls, it will remind you, it triggers your mind to say, oh, I'm hungry. And you will say, oh, I'm hungry because I'm fasting today. I'm fasting today because I want to pray more for my spouse. That's and yeah. then you stop in that moment and you pray for your spouse. Even a, a five-second prayer, you know, you just take that opportunity to pray. It's a, it's a physiological reminder of what you're trying to do to get closer to God. And so... Um, and also, it's the removal of something to allow for time and focus in, in what you're trying to do. I firmly believe that in Acts 14, 23, when Paul is establishing elders in the congregation and they're all fasting there together, uh, they are praying and praying fervently that the men who are appointed will lead in a godly way and that uh, the Lord will, will guide them in what they're supposed to do. So um, fasting, is, fasting is your spiritual alarm clock. When it goes off, you better be doing what you had set aside to do. Mm-hmm. Well, Joshua, I do appreciate you uh, coming on with us and discussing this. And and frankly, I do believe that if you want to have a closer relationship with God, fasting is definitely an avenue. Yes. It certainly would help. And it is definitely not going to hurt. And mm-hmm. we have the examples of that throughout the New Testament, as we've discussed, throughout the Old Testament, as we've discussed. And I do believe that it, it would help your spirituality, certainly deepen your spirituality. Uh, we do thank you for tuning in and listening to us. If you stay, stay tuned in to the close of the podcast, uh, be sure to rate and review us. If you're listening to us through Facebook, please go like and, and share. 
and go check out the Scattered Abroad Network page. Be sure to like and share it as well. We appreciate you and have a good day. Thank you for listening to this podcast from the Scattered Abroad Network. If you would like to email us, you can do so at thescatteredabroadnetwork at gmail.com. That's thescatteredabroadnetwork at gmail.com. Remember, you can check the show notes below for all of our social media platform links. Also, don't forget that you can find us on all major podcast platforms and please leave us a rating or review. We hope and pray that this has helped you grow closer to Christ even though we are scattered abroad. May God bless you.